You can go ahead. Good morning. My name's Smiley, and I'm one of the pastors here at Good News, and we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, how are you today? Good. You know how I am? I'm happy. And uh, if you'd like to be happy, you're in a great place because Jesus has been revealing to us week by week His eight keys to happiness. And if you stay awake, you'll get to hear one of them today. Oh, if, if you're new or visiting and you've not filled out a Connect card in the seat back in front of you, there's a, a card that looks like this. We'd really appreciate it if you would take it and fill it out. Um, there are some black boxes in the back of the room. You could put it in at the end of the service. And there are some opportunities on the Connect card to take a next step. If today's the day you understand the gospel and put your trust in Christ, we'd love to know that. Uh, maybe you'd like to have lunch. I had a chance this week to uh, have lunch with one of our guests, get to hear his story and share with him a little about the church. If you'd like to have lunch, you could check that on there. Or you've been coming for a while, you'd like to find out more about Good News or make this your church home, you could check the Discover Good News that's on the sheet, and the dates of our Discover Good News are on the screen. They're always on the third Saturday and the third Wednesday of the month. We'd love a chance to have you be a part of that. I love good news, don't you? And so we celebrate with Blake and Amber the birth of Charlie Kenneth Sellen. Ah. So cute. Also, uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you weren't here, we had a chance to ordain Strider, and uh, so we really are thankful we ordained him as a ruling elder, and we give God thanks for that. Uh, we're about to open up God's Word, but before we do so, let's spend some time in prayer. Good morning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are one God, yet Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you were holy, 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 the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We worship you. And as we see you, we see ourselves differently. So we confess our sins, the things we've said and done and thought we ought not to have, the things we've left undone. Lord, our sins, the sins of our church, the sins of our nation, we have sinned. Lord, we're thankful that you forgive. We're thankful you've given us the Holy Spirit. We're thank you, thankful for Charlie and for, for Strider. Lord, we're thankful for a place to meet. We're thankful for indoor plumbing. We're thankful for food. We're thankful for cars. We're so blessed and we give you thanks. And yet, Lord, we're here today because we are broken, needy people. And you know our brokenness, and you know our needs, and we pray that you would meet us at our place of need. Lord, we're so thankful that we have the Word of God. Holy Spirit, fall fresh, and as your Word is preached, Lord, move among us, and I pray that as we leave, that every one of us would leave more in love with Jesus than when we came. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you're new... <clears throat> We believe the Bible is God's Word. We love to open it up and read it together. This morning we're in Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> Encourage you when you come to bring a Bible. If you don't own a Bible, you can get one in the lobby. They're there for you to take. Um, 
Matthew 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, a couple of really important questions. Who's the fastest person in the Bible? Adam. He was the first in the human race. Hey, some things are so bad, they're good, okay? Now, I I have a question. How how many salesmen in the room? If you're a salesman, raise your hand. Do you know what a salesman's favorite passage in the Bible is? You do, don't you? The Great Commission, right? (laughs) And that's what we're all about, the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all the nations, right? Come on, you like a commission, right? How about a Great Commission? Ah, now... One of the things as we're walking through the Sermon on the Mount, we wanted to learn how to interpret Scripture. And one of the important things in understanding Scripture is to ask, what is the context? So we're going to really focus on verse 5, but it's helpful to understand the context. So previously on the Sermon on the Mount, several weeks ago, we looked in Matthew 4 and saw the context of this is that Jesus is proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. So if we're going to understand the Sermon on the Mount, we need to understand the kingdom. And we learned when you hear the word kingdom of heaven, you want to think in terms of two twos. The first two twos, you need two things to have a kingdom. You need what? You need a king and you need a subject. You need a king and a subject. So every person who bows their knee before King Jesus and acknowledges him as king, they enter into his kingdom. So the first set of twos, you need a king and subjects. The second two have to do with now and not yet. When is his kingdom? It's now and not yet. It's a spiritual kingdom now in the hearts of his people. But one day soon the king will come back and his kingdom will be here in all of its fullness. And we learned a few weeks ago that Jesus leaves his kingdom here on earth to be a preview of coming attractions. We're a movie trailer. We're a movie trailer that he's showing on the earth today so that when people see us, they want to be there when the kingdom comes in all of its fullness. So Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is teaching us how to live the kind of lives that when people look at us, they say, I want to be a part of the main event. So let me ask you, do you know anybody who wants to be happy? Do you? So the first thing Jesus does is he teaches us how to be happy, how to be a happy people in an unhappy world. He gives eight keys to happiness. And so the first week, we looked at the first one and we looked at the word blessed. And uh, we're going to see that word nine times in these eight Beatitudes. And it means happy. We learned that it means that we have God's favor. And we've learned if God is for us, who can be against us? And we've learned that Jesus is the joy giver who says our problem is not too much joy, it's not enough. So he invites us to follow him, the joy giver. Ah, and we've been learning the kingdom is here partially. So we can expect to be reasonably happy in this broken world. But the kingdom is not yet because we'll be uh, supremely happy in the life to come when the kingdom comes in all of its fullness. 
Remember, we learn key number one, blessed, happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You want to be happy? You want to be a part of the kingdom? Then admit you're a sinner. Then believe in Jesus and commit to him as Savior and Lord, and you can enter the kingdom and you'll have God's favor and be happy. Remember key number two, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and convicts us of our sins, we mourn. And then the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and we see the beauty of Jesus and we're comforted. And so we mourn over our sins and the sins of others and the sins of our nation. And when we do, we're comforted because the Spirit of God convicts us and comforts us. Now, we come to the third key. Uh, Blessed are the gentle, happy are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. And that's going to be the point of the message today, is that happy are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. And you say, that makes no sense. But all the Beatitudes don't make sense. They're all counterintuitive, because the Bible says what? That God's ways are what? Are not our ways. And that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. We think that might makes right, that the bully rules the playground, right? And that the strong leader conquers the earth, but Jesus says no. No, no, no. He says, happy are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. So so let's start to unpack this statement. When he says, uh, Uh, blessed are the gentle. What does the word gentle mean? The Greek word is pros, which means gentle, meek, or humble. Uh, Some translations, the New American says, happy are the gentle. Some say meek, not weak, but meek, and others say humble. And you say, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be gentle? So first, what it's not, gentle is not weak. It's not weak. That's what it's not. What it is, is strength under control. To be gentle is to have strength that's under control. That's a definition, but what we really need is a picture. So I'm going to give you three pictures. What is gentleness? This is gentleness. Right? You've got a cat. That, that the dogs, these are German shepherds, they could destroy the cat, but they're what? They're well-trained, right? That's what gentle is. It's not weakness. It's strength that's under control. Um, What is gentle? Here's another picture. It's a horse. It's a strong horse. It's not a weak horse, but it's a trained horse. So you have a girl who's sitting on the horse because the horse is gentle. Um, Now listen... The horse could buck her off and and hurt her and run off, but the horse is gentle. There's strength that's under control. That's what Jesus is talking about. Happy are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. It's strength under control. One last picture to me, I always think of a firefighter holding a child. I mean, he's a firefighter. He's big. He's strong. That's what gentleness is. It's strength. I mean, to go into a burning building, but then he's carrying a child out. It's strength under control. So now we know what 
uh, gentleness. It's, it's not weakness. It's strength under control. What's it like? It's like a, a well-trained dog or a well-trained horse or a firefighter, right? Okay, smiling. I'm tracking. I'm tracking with the happy or the gentle. <laughs> but what about that second part of the verse? For they shall inherit the earth. How in the world can the gentle inherit the earth? Now, remember, the kingdom is both now and not yet. And so what he's saying is that life goes better now when our strength is under control. And life will go better for eternity when our strength is under control. Let me illustrate that for you. Uh, We have six kids, and they all played soccer. And I'm watching a soccer match where a guy loses control and hits another person. And you know what? His strength wasn't under control. He was given a red card. Now, if you don't know soccer, it's certainly an English game because you go... But you know what happened? He didn't inherit the earth. He was thrown out of the game. You can't inherit the earth when you're thrown out of the game. But the players who keep their strength under control can actually play the game. And what's so bad in soccer is not only are you thrown out of the game, but your team then plays on from that moment on down a player. And it's really hard to win when you have one less player than the teams you're playing. Ah, sports go better when your strength is under control. Families go better when your strength is under control. Churches work better when people's strength is under control. A nation functions better when strength is under control. Do you know in the middle of the Bible, there's a book called Proverbs? You know what Proverbs are? They're not promises. They're wise sayings. And and the Proverbs say over and over and over again, when your strength is under control, life generally goes better. That when we have strength under control, life goes better. Let me just show you a few Proverbs about this. Proverbs 14, 29, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. Man, gentleness is about being slow to anger. It's having our our strength and anger under control. Uh, The next one, I love this next one. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Uh, Isn't that what our culture is so much about, especially online, that people respond to things with things that just make everything worse? Uh, But a gentle answer, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, I am married to someone who's, who's smarter than me and better than me at everything but one thing. So when we get into it a little bit and, and she's always winning, I'll say, well, I'm better than you at one thing. And she says, what's that? And I say, spouse picking. <laughs> it's true, right? It ends the argument. Because she doesn't argue with me there. The one way I'm better than her is in picking spouses, right? You see, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Here's another one. Uh, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. Don't we need that in our homes? 
don't we? Don't we need that in our churches? Or don't we need that in our land? Someone who calms a dispute rather than throws fire on it. That's what gentleness is. It's strength under control. One last one, because there are so many Proverbs, but this one's good too. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Oh, I have watched so many games where someone loses it and they get thrown out of the game. Listen, life goes better. Marriage goes better. Sports go better. Churches go better when our strength is under control. Happy. Happier the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Life goes better. And eternity will go better for those who are gentle. There's only one problem, though. You know what the problem is? There's only one gentle person. And it's not you. And it's certainly not me. It's, it's Jesus. And that's why we all need Jesus. Because gentleness is a beautiful thing, but there's only one gentle person. Let me show you in Matthew 11. And listen, if you've not been reading through the New Testament with us, won't you? It is so good. And this week, as we read through Matthew, we got to spend time with the one gentle one. You want to be gentle? Why not be with the gentle one? And in Matthew 11, 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus. Take my yoke upon you. Let's do life together and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Listen, do you want to be gentle? Then the first step is we need to receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord because He's the gentle one and we're not and we need help. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. Ah, man, life and eternity go better when we're gentle but there's only one gentle one, and that's why if we want to be gentle, the most important thing we can do is receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Um, and you say, well, well, why do we need to do that? Because we have a problem. In Romans 3, verse 23, would you read this verse with me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, so according to the Bible, who's sin? You know what sin is? It's a crime against God. Let's take the idea of gentleness. Some of us have sinned with gentleness by being weak, for not standing up for things we should stand up for, and not speaking up when we should speak up. We were weak, and so we sinned. Others of us, we sin by being overbearing, right, and, and, and hurting others. But one thing that's true, none of us have gotten gentleness right. We've all sinned, especially me. You see, a sin is a crime against God. And the Bible says we've committed crime after crime against God, and what we deserve for what we've done is hell itself. But here's the good news. There's one gentle person. There's one good person. His name is Jesus. You see, Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh, and he came into the world to save sinners because none of us have gotten gentleness right. He lived a gentle life. His strength was always under control. That's why he lived a perfect life for us. 
Oh, and then he went to the cross. And on the cross, he took our sins upon himself. And he died in our place to atone for our sins, experiencing the wrath of God that our sins deserve. And he stayed on the cross until he could cry out, it is finished. And he paid the penalty for our sins in full. He died, he was buried, but the third day he rose from the grave. And when he walked out of the grave, he proved he had conquered sin and death. And he offers us the greatest gift ever, the gift of eternal life. And what eternal life is, it's the forgiveness for our sins because we haven't been gentle. It's the opportunity to do life and eternity with Jesus. It's Jesus saying, you've made a mess of your life. Invite me in and I'll live my life in you. The gentle one will move into you so you can be what you are not. You can be gentle like me and not like you. <clears throat> and what is required of us that we receive him as our Savior and Lord? That we recognize we haven't gotten gentleness right and that we need help. Oh, the verse that changed my life where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Um, Jesus said, Smile, I want to move in and forgive you. It is so good to be forgiven. Wouldn't you like to be forgiven? Jesus says, I can run your life so much better than you. He can. Won't you invite him in? Let's do life and eternity together. So smile, how do we receive Jesus? It, it's really simple. You can do it right where you are now. When we close in prayer, I'll give you an opportunity. But it really is as simple as ABC, but we admit and believe and commit. And I said, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Won't you? And then I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. Won't you believe? And then I committed to him. Jesus, come in and be my savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. And he did, won't you? And I want you to be the Lord of my life and help me. Help me be the person you want me to be. Won't you admit, believe, and commit? Um, and you know what happened? Are you a Christian? I mean, Jesus has moved in. Isn't that amazing? Did you hear what he said? He, he said, behold, I stand in the door. If anyone, even me, even you, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him, will dine with him and he with me. So Jesus moves in and we're forgiven. And we get to do life with him, with the gentle one in eternity. And when Jesus moves into us, he says, follow me, follow me. And he becomes our model for life and ministry. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to give us the desire and power to follow him. And the Holy Spirit says, look, he's wiser than you, follow him. Listen, he knows the path to happiness better than you. Follow him. He's the gentle one. You want to be gentle? Follow him. So if you're a Christian, Jesus has moved in, and he's inviting you. Follow me. Follow me. Want to be gentle? Oh, the first step in being gentle is to receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And the next step is to follow the gentle one, to follow the gentle one. Matter of fact, that's the action step uh, for today is to follow the gentle one. I mean, if you want to be gentle, the best thing you can do is find someone who is, right? And then begin to follow him. So, so back to Matthew 11. Listen to this. Come to me. Want to be gentle? Come to Jesus. Come. Come to me. 
all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Yoke yourself to him. Now, have you ever had something you tried to lift and it was really heavy? You're trying to lift something, it's too heavy, so you invite someone, hey, would you help me? And when they help you, doesn't something magical happen? Doesn't it? It's way easier than twice as easy. When someone helps you, it's just way easier than it was by yourself. If that's true when we ask someone else to help us, how much more is it true when we yoke ourselves to Jesus and ask Him to help us and lead us? Oh, take my yoke upon me and learn from me. You want to be gentle? Jesus says, come on, I'll show you. I'll show you how. Do you know He lived here on earth and modeled for us what it would look like to be gentle? So I'm going to give you three pictures of what it would look like to follow Jesus. And the first is that Jesus was a friend of sinners. A friend of sinners. And aren't you glad he is? I don't know about you, but I'm a sinner. I'm so thankful he's a friend of sinners. Aren't you? In Mark chapter 2, verse 14, as Jesus passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. Are you kidding me? When Jesus invites you to follow him, who wouldn't want to follow him, right? And it happened that he was reclining at the table in his house, and many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples. So Matthew met Jesus, and Jesus is amazing, and he had friends, and he wanted his friends to meet Jesus, so he brought him together. Isn't that us? Don't we want to bring our friends to meet our best friend? Uh, and what would happen if we did? Uh, many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many of them, and they were following him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was sitting, eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, oh, why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? Now, you need to understand the thinking of the Pharisees. Uh, they believed in what, I would call, what we could call second-degree separation, Second-degree separation, you say, what? First-degree separation is to not sin. That's one degree. I don't want to sin like sinners. But second-degree of separation is they didn't want to be around people who sinned. <laughs> kind of hard in this life, isn't it? But that's what second-degree separation was. Not only were you not to commit adultery, but you weren't to hang around adulterers. So they're shocked that Jesus, who is not sinning with sinners, but is what? He's eating with sinners. Ah, that's what we're called to do is to be like Jesus. We're not called to sin with sinners, but we are called to eat with them, right? Just like Jesus did. Hmm. Why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? Now, you want to know what gentleness is? This is strength under control. And hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not those who are healthy, you know, good people like you. little sarcasm there, okay? It's not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see these sinners? They're broken and they know it. 
And it's so important that we understand that you can't be too bad to be a Christian. No matter what you've done, if you recognize your sin, you can be saved. But he's saying to the religious leaders, you can be too good. If you think you're so good, you don't need a Savior, there is no hope for you. Uh, Last week we learned that Jesus comforted the afflicted and he afflicted the comfortable. Isn't that what he's doing here? Isn't he comforting those that are being condemned by the religious leaders? Listen, don't worry. You can't be too bad to be a Christian. If you believe, you can be forgiven. But isn't he afflicting the comfortable? Don't you recognize your need for a Savior? Uh, You see, what... We love because He first loved us. When we understand that we are sinners and Jesus is our friend, then we'll be able to follow Him and be a friend of sinners too. Uh, So following Jesus is is to be a friend of sinners. Following Jesus, uh, what what strikes me about Jesus is He laid down His life for you and me. Uh, Gentleness is strength under control. So Jesus laid down his life for us. In John 10, verse 18, No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. What is gentleness? It's Jesus laying down his life for you and me. People often say, Well, Smiley, do I have to go to a church? Do I have to read the Bible? If you're a Christian, you don't have to do anything. I just want you to know that Jesus volunteered to lay down his life for you and me. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I receive from my Father. See, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are sitting around talking one day, and the Father says, I have a plan. I have a plan to save sinners, but it requires a perfect person dying. And you know what Jesus did? I'll do it. I'll do it. And that's why he came. He didn't have to come. He loved you and me. He laid down his life for you and me. And when they came out to arrest him, he said, I could have called down thousands of angels and destroyed them all, but I I laid down my life. And when they were beating him and mocking him, He could have destroyed them, but because he loved you and me, he laid down his life for us. And on the cross, with the nails, as people are mocking him, listen, he could have come down. He could have. But the reason he stayed, it wasn't the nails. It was his love for you and me that he stayed on the cross until he could cry out, paid in full. Um, Does that stagger you? I have a grandson named Ryder. Strider says they got his name almost right. (laughs) You know what he gave me for Christmas? A Nerf gun. It's really sweet. And it's actually quite powerful. So whenever Ryder comes over and we play, I say, Ryder, should I shoot you or mom? What do you think a three-year-old says? Mom. Ryder, should I shoot you or dad? Dad. Ryder, should I shoot you or Mimi? Mimi. (laughs) 
The father said, who should I shoot, Smiley or you? And what did Jesus say? What? Shoot me. What is gentleness? It's Jesus laying down his life for sinners. And you know what? When we experience his gentleness, laying down his life for us, when we're so undeserving, that's what enables us to be gentle toward others. So what is gentleness? It's a friend of sinners. It's a Savior who laid down his life for sinners. You know what gentleness is? A throne of grace. A throne of grace. Let me show you. In Hebrews 4, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Isn't it great to have a Savior who knows what it's like to be tempted? But isn't it great to have a friend and a Savior who didn't didn't sin so that He can help us? But listen to this. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. We live in a republic, so this verse doesn't blow our minds. But people who lived in a kingdom had never heard of a throne of grace. Because a throne is all about what? It's about what? Power. It's about power. And grace and mercy would never go with power. Churches sing a song and it doesn't blow their minds. The song says, merciful and mighty. We know merciful people like Mother Teresa. We know mighty people like Kim Jong-un, but we don't meet people like Jesus, merciful and mighty, a throne of grace. Have you ever read the book of Esther? Anybody read the book of Esther? If you approach the king without being invited and he didn't extend the golden scepter, then what? Then you would be put to death. You know what? Gentleness is Jesus extends the golden scepter to us so we can come to a throne of an almighty God and not be afraid. And we can come to strength and receive grace And we can come and receive mercy. And when we receive grace, then we can go to ill-deserved people and give them grace. And when we receive mercy as helpless sinners, we can go and give mercy to helpless people. Ah. So there it is. Listen, our assignment this week is to follow the gentle one. To follow the gentle one. He invites us. Notice what he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. When you get up in the morning, Jesus will be sitting at the breakfast table saying, come, come and spend time with me. If you want to be gentle, spend time with the gentle one. Come to me, take my yoke upon you. I don't really know much about yokes, but I always imagine I have a wagon and And every morning I give the the handle to Jesus and say, you lead and I'll follow. And you know, he he pulls me, right? He pulls me. 
I mean, isn't that what the Holy Spirit does? Look at Jesus. Don't you want to live like that? Follow him and learn from me. So as we come and we spend time with the friend of sinners, then we can go and be a friend of sinners. And as we come and see the one who laid down his life for us, then we can go and lay down our lives for others. As we come and receive grace and mercy, we can go and give it away. So let me ask you, who do you know? Who do you know who really needs to hear what we learned today? Who do you know who's not very happy, who'd like to learn to be happy? Won't you go and share? You know what we learned in church? We learned, happy are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, what does it mean to be gentle? You can teach them, right? You've been taught. It's not weakness, it's strength under control. It's like a well-trained dog or horse. It's like a firefighter rescuing a child. It's really like Jesus. Well, how will they inherit the earth? Well, life goes better and marriage goes better and sports go better when our strength is under control. It's true and it'll be true fully in the life to come. You can do it. Oh, you know what I've been doing this week? I encourage you to do the same. When people say, hey, smiley, how are you? Man, I'm happy. Why are you happy? Because Jesus has invited me to follow the happy one. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And when we follow Jesus in this life, we can expect to be reasonably happy in this life because we know we'll be supremely happy in the life to come. Hey, would you like to follow Jesus with me? Listen. If we're not happy following Jesus, why would anyone else want to follow him too? And uh, some of you say, well, I'd like to do that. I I just don't know how. And I've been doing this this month, and this will be my last week. We would love, we would love to to disciple you. We would love to. Um, We would love to equip you uh, to be a follower of Christ who enjoys following Jesus and invites others to come with you. Uh, In in a week or two, in February, we're going to start a new wave of disciple-making, and we'd love for you to be involved. Uh, Here's what will happen. Disciples make disciples, so we'll match you up with a disciple-maker, and tools can help. And so your disciple-maker will meet with you and say, See this little sweet book? This is mine, and this is one for you. And they look a lot alike. The difference is mine is full and yours is not. So we're going to spend time with Jesus together for a year. And as we do so, your book, week by week, will start to look like mine so that by the end of this year, you'll be able to, you'll be equipped to win and build and equip and multiply disciple makers. Um, Wouldn't you like to? If you are, won't you mark that down on your card? Um, I'm around a lot of Christians and they complain about our country. And they complain about the world. And you know what Jesus says to me? He says to us, listen, follow me and help change the world. So let me ask you, are you going to spend this year just complaining about what's happening in the world? Or are you going to get serious and say, hey, will you equip me? Will you? I'd love to be a part of the healing of our nation. Listen, what did we learn today? <laughs> we learned happy Happier are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. So what's our assignment this week? To follow the gentle one. Let's pray. 
Jesus, we are so thankful that you didn't come to help good people get better. You came to save sinners. Lord, thank you for living and dying and rising so that we could have eternal life. Thank you. Listen, if you're here today and for the first time you've come to understand the gospel, you hear Jesus knocking on the door of your heart, you realize you're not gentle, but you'd like to be. Jesus is here. Won't you receive him? Won't you say, Jesus, I against you, and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Well, if you've done that for the first time, way to go. Won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, I pray for those of us who have received you that we would hear you say, come, yoke yourself to me, learn from me. And I pray that we would get up and spend time with the gentle one. And then we would go and, and be gentle toward others. Lord, help us to go and be a friend of sinners, to go and lay down our lives for others the way you have for us. Lord, I pray that we would go and give grace and mercy to people who need it. And Lord, I pray that you would move among us and that many of us would say, man, I want my life to count. I want my life to count. And if that's you, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to disciple you. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.